Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. If you've moved recently or are getting ready to, you have probably been impressed and dismayed by all the stuff you've accumulated. As more people recognize it, more and more are becoming minimalists. What's that? Let's find out. Joining me in studio, Amber Siebold, a local minimalist who teaches workshops called Lighten Your Load. Carmen Connors is a local millennial who adopted a minimalist lifestyle and lives on a 200-square-foot bus. Ladies, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. Amber, let me start with you. Let's get a definition. Exactly what is a minimalist? Somebody who is very careful about what they keep in their lives, physical items, Basically, everything has a purpose and a meaning and adds value to their life. And uh, uh, Carmen, turning to you, you've uh, taken that one step further, given your lifestyle on a 200-square-foot bus. Why? Yeah. So I think, you know, I have moved a lot over the years. And being a college student, it's really easy to, you know, accumulate a lot of different things. But I feel like with moving so much and, you know, with – kind of wanting to just live a more meaningful lifestyle, I've just pared down and started thinking about what do all these items mean to me and how can I use them? And those that don't have meaning to you, what do you do? Just chuck them? Just send them to Goodwill. (laughs) Seems Seems a pretty easy solution. Yeah. Amber, most of us, I think, most of us are probably have something of the pack rat in us. What is going on here? Why do we accumulate so much stuff? Well, I think when we bring bring things into our home, we always think they have some kind of purpose. We don't just decide, hey, I'm going to bring that trash home today. But it's just, I think it's easy to forget that, you know, one extra thing is fine. But if you do that 10,000 times, it's going to be overwhelming. Everything you own takes something from you, whether it's 30 seconds a year, it takes some amount of time. So if you have thousands of extra belongings, then you're going to be spending a lot more time maintaining the stuff that you own. What is life like for you in this minimalist environment? You have four kids, right? I do, yeah. Um, it's <laughs> it's a lot less stressful than it used to be, let me tell you. We used to, I felt like we spent all our time cleaning and tidying and just trying to tread water and stop from drowning in our stuff. I just didn't know the stuff was the problem. I just thought it wasn't organized enough. If I could just get that next thing from Ikea or whatever, then I would be fine. But you know, now it's just a case of... It takes us like five minutes to clean up the living room, and everything's just a lot smoother than it used to be. Carmen, I'll bet you it takes you no longer than five minutes to clean up the bus. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And even when I first moved into the bus, it was interesting just how easy that transition was. It was about two carloads full of stuff, and I had everything put away in an hour. <laughs> what What is the kind of stuff that you've retained? Um Well, being a 24-year-old woman, I really like my shoes, so (laughs) I still have a box full of shoes, and sometimes I don't wear, like, every single pair, but um, I enjoy having them around. Um, And I really really enjoy books, and so I got rid of most of my books, but I kept a collection of my favorites and got a library card, and that's how I still, you know, read a lot of books now. The library card is really key to this because then you don't have to obviously have the books uh, exactly, hanging around. Exactly. In the and house. even with clothes. So I've pared down most of my closet, but I actually go through a clothes rental service. So I work at a corporation and so I like to look very professional. And so I um, have a clothes rental service that sends me clothes. And then when I'm done wearing them, I send them back and they send me a new box. And it's just a monthly subscription. I've, I've never heard of that. Yeah. Had, had you, Amber, heard of that? I have heard of it, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
I guess maybe it's a minimalist thing to, to yeah. be looking into something like that. What about uh, the the husband? You you have four children and a husband. Yeah. Uh, did he uh, uh, respond to this in a very positive way from the get go? Yeah, definitely. He's not a minimalist himself. I don't think he would classify himself as that. But um, just the whole house is so much less stressed. You know that when he walks in the door from work now, it's no longer a oh my gosh, it looks like you didn't do anything here today and, um, you know, everything's out of order. It's like everything's calm and the kids are calm and so he just feels like he can come home and spend time with us and unwind and not, you know, walk into a stressful situation. I would think at times that maybe the fact that you have, you know, two sort of conflicting views of of, of life, that that in itself would cause some stress. As far as him not being a minimalist? Yes, a minimalist and a non-minimalist living together. I mean, it could, if he had a problem with me being a minimalist, but he doesn't. He's very supportive, and he's just not ready, really, to quite take it to the level I have with his own things. But um, he has his space where his things stay, and he's fine with that. You know, it's, it's on his terms, and so he's just very respectful of me and the benefits that it's had to the entire family. He appreciates that. Garmin, you don't live alone. <laughs> well, what about your situation? Yeah, so um, my fiance and I, we're actually getting married next week. Um, oh, congratulations. This is, thank you. This has been a journey that we've gone through together. So we're both very much on the same page. And I think if we hadn't kind of been on that page from the get-go, it would be a lot harder for us. But um, we we do it together. So, Is this a millennial thing? Um, I feel like you could say that, but... I've definitely seen, you know, people from all ages, all generations turning toward this as well. Amber, same for you? Yeah, definitely. And um, in our course, we actually talk about how for thousands of years, if you look through old writings and stuff, there's so much talk about basically keeping things simple. You know, whatever religion you are, there's probably something to be said about the idea, even though it's obviously not called minimalism. That's probably the the buzzword of the day, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but it's, I found it really interesting on my Facebook page. It's, it's a lot of older people, like 50 and above, that have liked my page, which I find really is not what I would have expected. You know, It really has to be difficult in our society because we are basically being forced to consume. I mean, we're being surrounded by requests that we buy things and accumulate things. Yeah, and we talk about that in the the course as well because like we're advertised to in ways that you know even 10 years ago we weren't exposed to i just got a box from a popular shopping website the other day who i won't name but it had advertising on the box and that i had never seen before and i just thought you know it's not enough that on my phone every every website i look at has ads you know everywhere you go in your car you're looking at ads it's now on the box that's coming in the mailbox you know you can't escape it so but if you think about it us being content is completely not what any company that makes money with consumable items wants because then you're not going to be seeking the next better thing that's going to make you happy. They don't want us to be happy, honestly, because that doesn't keep their shareholders happy. Uh Uh, Carmen, how do you avoid the uh, the temptation to to buy? I mean, we are being pitched all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there must have been some sort of a transition for you to – to back away from that, except for the shoes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And the shoes have been pared down. So it's, you know, I I try not to accumulate too many more of them. But I think, you know, it's honestly, I can't say it was an overnight transition. So um, about 
a year ago, um, my fiance and I moved into a smaller house. It was about 900 square feet, and that was smaller than either of us had ever lived in. And at that point, you know, every week we were getting rid of items, but we were also being very intentional about every purchase that we made was a very quality item, was something that was very useful to us. Um, So, for example, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, We probably had a a five-week-long conversation about whether or not we needed a soup ladle. And (laughs) we do not own a soup ladle to this day. Um, But it's just being very intentional of, can I use something else and still get the same utility of this item? Or um, how is this item really going to benefit me? Is it a quality item? Is it going to last? And I think, you know, kind of going through, checking the boxes, going through that criteria before you make a purchase has really helped me a lot. The uh, the bus do you do you drive it around or is it parked in one place all the time? <laughs> it actually does not run, so every time we move it, it has to be towed. Um, so it's just parked. Amber, what about speaking of transportation? What about utilizing transportation? Use public transportation, or do you have a car? No, I live in Jefferson County, so I don't don't no. use public transport. We do have a car, yeah. Is this something that is part of the whole minimalist uh, philosophy, though? Get rid of things like cars and do more walking or use bikes? Well, or I mean, I think it definitely can be if you're – it's, again, like, is it really necessary to my life? Is it adding value to my life? For me, yes, because I couldn't do the things I do with the children without it. But for some people who live in a more accessible area, they might decide, you know what, we can do with – one car and it's also made me think a lot about finances things I didn't really consider before so things like do I really need a car payment or could I buy an old car you Mm -hmm. know that sort of thing has come along with minimalism that I never expected Carmen how about you and and the transportation uh, factor if you will right so um, this has been another part of the journey for me so I had a newer car when I first started this journey and I really loved that car but part of the finances of that was, you know, I had this debt that I had accumulated. And so whenever I was really getting into the minimalist lifestyle, I decided I didn't want to have any debt. And so about six months ago, I sold that car and bought a cheaper car that, you know, it runs, it drives, it may not be as fancy, but I don't have that debt, which I think part of minimalism is being financially responsible and not accumulating that as well. I have to take a break in a moment very quickly. How long have you been living this lifestyle? Uh, I would say about the last year and a half. All right. Mm-hmm. Amber, how about you? Um, it's been about six months now. Well, it's early on. Yeah, yeah. Relatively I jumped on. in head first. <laughs> I, I gather that. We have to take a break now. I'm talking with minimalists, Amber Siebold, who teaches Lighten Your Load workshops, and also Carmen Connors, who lives in a 200-square-foot bus. Back in a bit, this is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Thank you for listening to this St. Louis on the Air podcast supported by University College at Washington University with undergraduate and graduate programs part-time evening and online. University College at Washington University offering world-class education within reach. Now back to our conversation with minimalists Amber Siebold and Carmen Connors. Amber, let me come back to you. How do you teach this? Um, well, we've sort of broken it down into different sections, so to speak, and we've 
either got an all-day workshop or a weekly one and really we just start out with the why and like how to kind of break the chains that attach most of us to the things that aren't necessary because I think everybody knows how to declutter we all know how to take stuff to goodwill like um, Cameron mentioned but you know it's thinking about how did I get into this situation where my stuff is overwhelming me and how can I stop from bringing things back in do you recommend that people do it just kind of cold turkey just start doing it or or work your way into it well it really depends on your personality and where you are in life like I completely jumped in head first because I was so overwhelmed I just felt like I couldn't function anymore and in two weeks I took 21 trunk loads in my big passenger van to Goodwill um so I probably got rid of 75 percent of our stuff in our house in that time but for some people that would just be stressful in and of itself and overwhelming so some people it's much more gradual process some people even can take years and they're just slowly chipping away at it but it's really just important that people keep moving towards this goal you know it's an ongoing thing so mm. Carmen your transition was not quite as dramatic I think no mine definitely I would say was about over the course of a year um, so after I graduated college I moved back into my parents house for a few weeks and then was moving into another house at that point. And when I moved into that new house, I had, you know, I had taken quite a few things to Goodwill, but at that point it was just a year of every weekend having a different box, a different bag, you know, leaving the house and just not much coming back in. I would think that one of the things that might create a problem for all of this are would be mementos, uh, baby pictures, things like things that, you know, we, we do accumulate and, and like to keep and like to have around us. They go too, or do you keep those? You don't have a baby yet, but uh, you know what I mean. Right, right. Memorabilia. I think I I had to reevaluate what mementos really, you know, were valuable and that I really did care about. And so, yes, I do have a collection that I I do care about. I, I want to have for the rest of my life. I want to pass down. Um, but you know, the ones that. You know, maybe they were too big to, to keep in my tiny house. I have a box at my parents' house, and they're fine having that there. But I really – I didn't end up keeping a lot of mementos. What what kind of furniture do you have on the bus? Um, it's all custom built. So it's all – the couches, you know, kind of built in, all the, the tables, and they're all built in. So we really didn't have to, you know, find any furniture that – fit in the bus. It was all custom built. Mm. Amber, how about you? Was furniture among the things that you uh, that you uh, brought to Goodwill? Well, to be honest, I mostly set it outside my door with a, <laughs> with a free sign on it and let mm. people just pick it up. Mm. Um, but yeah, I did get rid of a significant amount of furniture. What was the hardest part of it for you? That's a tricky question because I don't really, I don't really know. I I think probably getting my kids on board was one in particular of my children um, because she's the sort of child that if she draws you a picture on a napkin, you know, her heart breaks if she sees you throw it in the trash can. So I knew that was going to be difficult, but um, that was just a basically a period of adjustment, getting them used to the idea and helping them to understand the benefits to them and me and us as a family. So once they understood all that, it was a much, much easier process. So as a mother, that was the difficult part. You have two teenagers. Did I hear that yep. correct? Well, that's got to be uh, tough. I mean, teenagers don't maybe want to be around their parents so much. And maybe this is an issue for the teenagers, or is it? 
Well, it's not for my teenagers. Um, I yeah. homeschool them, yeah. and I think they... I mean, they're not at the stage yet where they want to be my best friend. Like, hopefully they will be when they're a bit older. But they certainly seem to enjoy family time. And they've definitely seen the benefits of having less stuff and being able to not spend a lot of time trying to keep their room tidy and being able to find the things they need for school and stuff like that. They they are understanding that this is good for all of us, not just me. Mm-hmm. Carmen, uh, Amber has talked about ha- having had a stressful situation with the life as it was before. Was stress an issue with you as well? Um, I don't think I've really found stress in, you know, in the actual day-to-day process of being a minimalist. I think probably the most stressful part is going through that transition. But now that I'm there, it's not quite as stressful. I think there was probably more stress in you know, getting here and building the bus and doing all these things than actually living day-to-day as a minimalist. Yeah. Amber, let me come back to the stress issue with you. I, mm-hmm. I'm a little perplexed. I don't think I quite understand the source of the stress. Well, I mean, was the house like a mess? Is it just felt like about? it was always a mess, yeah, because, you know, the kids didn't just have – like now they've pretty much got kind of three types of toys and that's about it. And, you know, they just had maybe – 50 types of toys because everybody buys them toys at Christmas. Everybody's on toys at their birthday. And, you know, we had all these extra dishes and we had loads of books. And just with four children, it was just like overwhelming. And so I would clean the living room and then 10 minutes later, it looked like a bomb had gone off. You know, that's kind of how I felt all the time. Like I was just trying to keep things semi presentable and I couldn't have people over at short notice. I felt really stressed. I would have to get the whole house clean and tidy, you know, in order for it to be presentable enough for somebody else to see it. I never, it was never like, you know, like you'd see on hoarders or something, but it just felt like I was never quite where I wanted to be and it was weighing me down. Carmen, what do you do about having people over? So (laughs) it's actually, it's actually funny. We have enough space where six or eight people can come and, you know, we might not all have a seat in the bus, but stand and talk in the bus. And um, so it's it's really convenient when we have people over. And uh, and I guess we also do have an outdoor space. So when it's nice outside, we'll just take the party outside. How about uh, toilet facilities and kitchen facilities? I mean, 200 square feet is a 10 by 20 foot uh, area. Yeah, and we have it. We have it all. So I would say the bathroom is probably smaller than some people's closets, but it it functions and it works the way we need it to. And the kitchen space is sort of built into the living room space. And so that, that space is shared and it, it functions like a, a normal kitchen and it works for us. We only have a few seconds left. Amber, I'll come back to you. Uh, what can you tell people about contacting you with regard to your your workshops? And also you do a blog as well. Yeah, um, I'd be delighted if anyone wants to get in touch. On Facebook and Instagram, I'm This Minimalist Mama. And my website is lightenyourload.us. Okay. Well, there you go. This has been a fascinating conversation. I wonder how many people we've converted in the last <laughs> uh, couple of minutes. But I want to thank you both, Amber Seabold, for being with us, and Carmen Connors thank for you. telling us about minimalism. 